definitely human. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey guys, welcome to Back to Earth, a podcast about roots. I'm Charlie May. This is episode 56. It's autumn and I just wanted to wish you guys a happy Halloween and give you a quick update on what's been happening on the farm. It's been a few weeks since the last episode of season two came out and things have been winding down on the farm. It's been getting a lot colder. The weather is very, I'm like snugged up in a duffel coat at the moment. The sun is shining, so it looks very warm outside. But of course, it's that sort of biting autumnal feel in the air. The grass is very dewy. Um, Yeah, I love this time of year so much. Things are winding down on the farm. We've had lots of time to do things we don't have time to do in the middle of the year, like take like recycling to the recycling plant and things like that. You know, over the course of the year you have metal roof sheets that need replacing um, or like plastic bowsers that are no longer um, useful because they have a hole in it or whatever so we use that time to like take everything to the recycling center and empty out the farmyard so now everything's looking nice and clean for the winter the ghost of nigel has returned and is haunting the hedgerows because he's back doing hedge trimming for us um it's been really nice to have him back on the farm and just sort of like chatting to him on the odd days when i see him because he comes in very early and sort of you know finishes late um but he has i mean i don't even know how many miles of hedgerows it is to do on the farm but when you think about it you've got to go once around on the inside of a field and i not even once actually probably like two or three times because the hedge trimmer attachment is only about a meter a meter and a half wide so you've got to go around until you sort of done the hedge so you probably need to do each hedge about three or four times from the inside and then from the outside. So it's taking him at least a month to do all of the hedges on the farm. So it's a pretty big job. I was originally planning on learning how to do it myself, but I think in seeing him, it took two days to hitch up the attachment onto the back of our new tractor. It is, it's so difficult. And he is from a mechanics sort of upbringing background. And so he's really clued up on that kind of stuff. I just wouldn't even know where to begin. Like even barely hitching up stuff onto the back of the tractor as it is, is sort of beyond my 
knowledge at this stage. You can't afford to have it vibrating on the back of the tractor, so it needs to be so tight. So he was literally having to hammer it into place. And so I don't even know how he's going to get it out again. Um, he was having to use the tally handler to like hitch it up. It was this whole thing. Um, and he was sort of effing and blinding, you know, <laughs> trying to get it to work. So I just think, yeah, maybe if Nigel can do that, you know, it's not something I necessarily need to learn. Also, in the hedgerows, you don't know whoever's done the fencing over the years, what has been left as debris in the hedge. You just don't know. So the other day he was doing the vineyard field, Bohays, and um, there was a piece of barbed wire loose in the hedge. The hedge trimmer is like a flail topper. So it's got these sort of chopping blades inside that spin round really, really quickly. And so if one of those flails hitches onto a bit of barbed wire, the wire immediately spins around and unravels from the hedge and wraps around the, uh, around the hedge trimmer. So mum found him one afternoon, I think, particularly flustered um, in the yard, trying to cut this barbed wire from being wrapped around the trim. So yeah, it just sounds like a very stressful job anyway. So I may be avoiding that one. If you've been following on social media, you'll have seen that we rescued 10 new chucks. Um, we've got four of the oldies left now. Um, I lost dear Maud. She just passed very suddenly, I think, you know, from old age. And yeah, it was so sad. I can't have favourites amongst my children, but yeah, I love her so much. She was always sat on my lap and, you know, she was the most um, friendliest of all the chooks. So we rescued 10 new ones and they were in the worst state that I've ever seen. Any of the chickens that we've rescued, mum and I were just shocked when we brought them home. They had no feathers on. There were obviously a serious like parasite mite infestation inside the barns. I saw from the British Home Welfare Trust that actually the factory farm had been shut down. And so this same farm had, I don't know if they'd rescued like four or 5,000 chickens from this farm and they've been sent all over the UK. So I've sort of become friends, started following with um, some other people that have rescued chickens to see how they're getting on from the same farm. You know, they were sent all the way up to Yorkshire and beyond. But the transformation has been incredible. They were really shell-shocked. You know, even coming into a barn that was obviously not caged and hearing things like the wind they were absolutely terrified in the first few days they didn't know what to make of the wind rattling the roof um and things like that so it's just it's been a real learning curve obviously trying to coax them outside like I did with my girls originally that they immediately it was incredible they immediately started dusting outside immediately ate a worm you know you would think if you saw a worm for the first time you'd think oh my god it's moving what is that but I guess instinct kicks in and they they've just been going from strength to strength um they're a little bit nervous and take a bit of coaxing um, I, I was told online that if you give them sardines, it's really good for their feathery growth. I also was told cat food, but I felt a bit weird about when I looked at cat food, it was like chicken flavor or beef flavor. And I just felt like that was really weird to give a chicken. But somehow a tin of sardines seemed to make more sense. So I've been giving them the odd tin of sardines. Um, and at first they were like not eating it. They were like, what is this? And now they are absolutely feral. You put it down. They are all <laughs> they're like hammerheads, you know, going at it as quickly as possible, like woodpeckers um, until it's all gone. And that seems to have really helped their feathers come in really quickly, that little extra protein boost and everything. I've been doing some transformation videos on TikTok. I think at first people are very shocked and they think that, you know, I'm a bad owner or whatever. And then they learn that this is actually a result of the egg industry and how unnatural it is, I suppose, to have that many chickens in a cramped uh, location. I mean, of course, they have mites, which doesn't help. Um, so I've been dealing with that. But I think just the feather pecking, 
they t- so grim, but they tend to like peck each other's pin feathers out when they come through. And I read it's because it actually tastes quite sweet and they like the taste of it. And so, yeah, it's just trying to combat that with them like bullying each other. They don't need to do that anymore. There was quite a fierce pecking order in place in the beginning. And a couple of them, you know, at the lower end of the pecking order were sort of hiding and not having a very good time of it at all. And I lifted them up and put them in the top laying box to sort of get them off the floor where they're sort of being bullied by the others um and they stayed up there for a while one of which who i've called pearl eventually ran down um and has now joined the others even though she's lowest to the pecking order she's getting stuck in you know she loves the sardines and her feathers are coming through but the other one who i've called heidi because obviously she spends most of her time hiding she's just living on top of the laying boxes she will not come down for anything even if she's thirsty if she's hungry she just stays up there because as soon as she comes down all the other chickens just set upon her so I've also been told that this is if a chicken is diseased or has an illness or something, it tends to, one, be sort of picked on by the rest of the flock because they don't want to catch it. And two, she also tries to stay away from the rest of the flock so as not to pass anything on. But, you know, I don't see how she can have a disease being that they've come from the factory. I don't know. We shall see. But she is currently living on top of the laying box. I have put a hanging food Hi, Henny. <laughs> the chickens are sort of, the old chickens are pecking around me in the garden at the moment. Um... Yes. I have put a food container hanging on top of the box so she has access to food all the time and I put a little water bowl um, up there although she invariably stands on it and spills it everywhere but I'm trying to do my best so at least she can get strong, uh, grow her feathers, become a bit more confident within herself and then maybe she can rejoin the flock um, at a later date but yeah she can't live up there forever surely. Um, The oldies are actually integrating with them quite well. I was surprised by how quickly they sort of took them under their wing Dolly being our last original, excuse me, Dolly being our last original chicken from a caged colony farm, she was just immediately like not bullying them at all. I don't know. I mean, obviously I'm projecting my human emotions onto her, but I feel like she just knew what they've been through. She was like showing them what to do, pecking around outside for worms and things like that. <laughs> David's scowling at me. Yes, I know. It's a ridiculous idea. It's a ridiculous thought, but you know, that's what I think. She was really, really sweet, the old girl, at looking after them immediately. And even Henny is the sort of head honcho chuck. She was um, quite understanding, I think, rather than being like, all the food is for me. She was making sure the food was being shared out equally amongst all of them. Um, some of the mid-level chooks like Penny, she was a bit upset with the hierarchy being changed. Suddenly I'm spending time up with them, you know, looking for worms instead of down here in the garden where the girls like to live. Um, and so they sort of come running up when they see me up there and, uh, yeah, peck all the other chickens to get back inside so that they can have the run of whatever I'm digging up, which is quite annoying. (laughs) I just want them all to get along. Um, But yeah, they've come on so far and it's been like a couple of months now since we rescued them. And yeah, they're just looking incredible. Most of them are feathered up um, and they're looking great. So yeah, I will be posting sort of transformation videos as they come on. So keeping within the vague theme of Halloween that this episode is not following whatsoever, um, I've actually spent the last couple of weeks recovering from surgery. Um, It turns out the case of the missing ovary. I actually, (laughs) if you guys remember, over the course of season one, I did kind of share that, you know, we had a couple of miscarriages. This is so inappropriate. (laughs) Um, We have 
subsequently discovered um, through testing that actually I had a blocked fallopian tube and my ovary couldn't be found on any scans. And then when I had the surgery, it turns out that I don't have an ovary at all on the left-hand side. So I've only got one, um, which is why my tube was all twisted and needed to be removed, which explains a lot of the pain I've been feeling there over the years and things like that. So the surgeon said it was very strange you know he was a bit shocked to find that there was nothing there at all and he wondered you know is there any case in my life where I would have remembered this horrible you know painful thing happening and I honestly can't like maybe it happened when I was a child maybe I was born with it I have no idea Um, but I do not remember any like severe pain where it could have happened but it feels really nice after you know three years of God, it's probably more like four years now, three and a half years of knowing nothing about, you know, why we couldn't get pregnant, why we're having all these issues. And so now hopefully we are on the road. It's getting fixed and we're going to start IVF this week. So it's all happening. Very exciting. Trying to stay positive. I feel like we've turned a corner now and everything's happening really fast. It's been so frustrating throughout COVID that the NHS sort of just seemed to grind to a halt. And obviously it wasn't, you know, a life saving situation. So Everything was just put on hold, on hold, on hold. It's been frustrating moving from London down to Devon and the difference in the hospital down here versus up there. Think I think like the fertility specialist sort of came in once a month or something. And so yeah, it's just I was on I was on the waiting list for like five months and I was just getting so frustrated. And then I called, like, is there anywhere else I can go? They're like, Oh yeah, Bristol can see you in two weeks. I was like, Oh my god. So now we've been going up to Bristol and they've been incredible and everything's moving really, really fast. So positive things on the horizon, hopefully family on the horizon and yeah, excited. So not so spooky, but exciting. (laughs) In terms of the pumpkin patch that we're excited about doing next year for Halloween, I am just so glad that we didn't decide to do it this year because as I told you guys, I grew all these pumpkins in the garden. I didn't water them. I just left them to see purely what they would do. I was told that growing pumpkins would be the easiest thing in the world. They basically don't need anything. You spread some seeds about and they just appear. Well... I have two pumpkins growing and one of them is maybe the size of a tennis ball and the other one is maybe a small football. So I'm not holding out. all. And I think those are the Crown Prince pumpkins, the blue ones. None of my orange ones grew that I saved the seeds from. And so, yeah, I don't know. My uh, my friend does have a pumpkin patch up in Cambridge, so I really need to pick her brains as to what I've been doing wrong um, because surely in my garden they should have grown and I should be having loads of pumpkins for Halloween. We did have the issue of the drought this year. There was no water for months on end and pumpkins obviously do need a lot of water to sort of swell and grow. Um, But yeah, maybe it was just a case of the seeds dried out in the ground and then became infertile and just haven't produced anything. I don't know. But thank God we didn't try and do an entire field's worth. That would have been a disaster. (laughs) So because of the drought... Even the local pumpkin patch that we visited um, on the podcast in season one uh, isn't running this year either. I think they have managed to grow some pumpkins, but they will just be selling them to local uh, veg shops and things like that. Um, It is not enough to sustain, I suppose, the amount of money that you need to put into a pumpkin patch in terms of people manning it, bringing in all the equipment, um, you know, the shop stalls, uh, all the wheelbarrows and setting up all the little Instagram worthy moments. Um, 
So yeah, I don't know, no pumpkin patch this year. It's such a shame. I got really into that last year. I absolutely loved visiting um, that one. And yeah, I was <laughs> excited about doing my own, but we'll see what next year holds. Um, Mum's also dubious if I'm going to be pregnant next year, if I'm going to be wanting to stand out on a pumpkin patch all year. But I think even if I look like a giant pumpkin, I'll still be out there having a good time, enjoying doing it, no matter what state I'm in. <laughs> So I think I've waffled on enough in your ears for this spooktacular Halloween special that had barely anything to do with Halloween whatsoever. I mean, we can't really call it a special, can we? I'm just coming on here to wish you guys a happy Halloween, and I hope you're having a lovely autumn, all snugged up, um, curled up in front of the TV, candles on, and just like in your biggest, most snuggliest knitwear, just having a lovely, lovely time of the season because this is my favourite season and that's what I'm doing, basically. Um, So I'm walking up. I think it's time that you guys met the new chooks. Um, So you gotta walk up to the house. They're not quite confident enough to run anywhere near the garden Um, and they're certainly not wanting to follow the oldies. Hi, girls. Say hi to all the listeners. (laughs) They're all pecking at my feet, basically, like, are you going to get some worms up or what? When's breakfast? What's going on? Well... That's it for my little update. I hope you guys are doing well. And yeah, I will speak to you again at Christmas time, I suppose. Happy Halloween! Have a spooktacular horror day, ghouls and boys. Try not to get eaten by a ghost or whatever. In the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram at Back to Earth Podcast, on Twitter at Back to Earth Pod, and on TikTok at Back to Earth Charlie. Music is by Here's Johnny Day. Artwork is by Eldritch Chow. And this episode was edited by Dark Knight. <laughs> thank you guys and thank you for listening. If you want to support Back to Earth, you can rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And check us out on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash definitely human back to earth is a definitely human production okay bye even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.